The powers of the universe had brought three malevolent minds together to form an unorthodox alliance. Through the marvels of technology and by the power of Craig, you have found them. First, there's Cat. Holds the powers of dark knowledge, horror movies, and too much true crime. And then there's Keller. With dominion over the bot Craig, she wields control over technological forces and has possession of the sacred written word. And then there's me, Dick, the keeper of the ancient films and knower of all facts that are fun. And together with their powers combined, they are the Clip Critics. For it, though. Right? And the, the kids Ta-da! that they use in this one, I don't see you. The kids that they use in this one are much younger than in three and four. Okay. A little strange. I mean. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, Welcome to the Parent Trap 2. Once again, out of the Parent Traps, this is my least favorite Parent Trap. Yeah, um, I can't make that comparison because I haven't seen them all yet, but I hated watching this. It, it moves at a slow <laughs> I'm, pace. I'm so sorry. It moves at a slow pace. The girls are kind little miniature bitches. <laughs> Dude, these girls are psychopaths. This is inappropriate. Right? And the fact that the aunt humored this at all was concerning to me as well. That like, actually kind of confused me too. Because I was very surprised she was on board with it. I was. Well, and by the you end can of see it, the, You can see the hesitation. There was hesitation, but I think that's just because they felt like they couldn't have her be like, heck yeah. But not a, like by the end of it, it was like they were bullying her into it. And I was like, lady, these are children. Right. What are you doing? Where you're like going on dates with another dude. And, and by this point, it's identity theft. You're an adult. It's no longer like fun twinsy switchies. All right. It's like full on lying to someone. Under false pretenses. This was terrible. And they're not related, so it's really not justified. Like, the separation of children makes sense. Children are simple. To them, their parents belong together, and that's as far as their longevity goes when they're young. They don't... So, fine. Yeah, 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 that that was easy to build on. Even forgivable. Like, it fine. You can give a pass to this. But these girls were just like, we're best friends now all of a sudden, and I don't want to move. Let's do this wild manipulative thing because I don't I don't want to move to New York. Meh. There's no boys there. Meh. My mom's so lame. She's career oriented. Meh. It's like good God. The nightmare. <laughs> oh, it's so true. Oh, this was hard for me to watch. Like, I I won't lie. And I watched it a couple times, because I did. I was like, maybe watch it a couple times at work, really listen to it, and really all I kept hearing was, like, worse and worse lines, where I was like, this is awful. So, why did this happen to you, Richard? You must have seen this when it aired on television, right? Because we had to find it on YouTube. So, Parent Trap 2, I... The only value that it really has to me is that I had easy access to one, three, and four growing up. Number okay. two, grandma's videotape had got cut off or something, and they never re-eared it. So it literally took me, it's one of the first ones that took me like six, seven years to see. So okay. I had this excitement rush that I finally got it, but it is the least visited one. And there's a couple of... Cute little tips of the hat to the original, but I feel like it was kind of poorly conceived. And yeah, I would call it forced. Even I feel like it, it, it is. And of course, this is part of the Disney Channel premiere film line. This is when mm-hmm. the Disney Channel was new. They were trying to get viewers, although it did wonders because everybody tuned in for it. Think of it as the Hocus Pocus too. <laughs> It was. I got that vibe. I was like, I bet the hype behind this was real big because the parent shop was real big and real Mm -hmm. fun. So, and you could only view it the one time. They were going to air it, and that was your moment. And that probably carried a lot of weight behind it, too. So I'm sure it did really well, but it was not justified in doing so. 
I did enjoy Tom Skerritt's um, Housekeeper. I Housekeeper was funny. She was a saving grace. I also thought the little girl they tried to villainize was the oh. savior for me. She was hilarious. She was the one with the pigtails? Yeah. <laughs> this is like, I'm just here to work on myself. And I was like, yeah, you are, you little debutante. You, <laughs> look at you go. I don't need to be here. I'm here to forward my education. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She was hilarious, and I found her really funny. And I thought, like, that look she gave when they were like, our life couldn't possibly get any worse. Our parents won't get married because we say so. And he's like, pop quiz. And that look that little girl has on her face makes me giggle every time because she's just very proud, pleased with herself and how prepared she is and how not prepared they are. I thought she was very funny. Didn't use her nearly enough. I think one of the biggest struggles for the movie that they found is that they had a hard time figuring out how to still create a parent trap experience as an adult. So they they okay, really yeah. they really fished for this one. Where parent well, and that's because it's really not appropriate in the adult right sense. Even it in the eighties, it, it was work. it was felt off. So I mean, it, it was weird. <laughs> it probably really feels off for the, for now, um, but it, they I, once again it, it it got so much better with three. <laughs> it's like they figured out what to do. They had enough viewership for two to warrant three. Also, three they used Barry Boswick as well, and he's a much stronger actor. And he was much more pleased, and his arc was. It was reasonable as far as his character was. All his moves were pretty believable. I did think them ending up together in the end was weird and made no sense. Oh, I, I oh, was like, this saying, is uh, an unearned relationship. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, who is he? This is Tom Skerritt. You're talking, yeah. about? You're talking okay. about Tom Skerritt right now. Yep. Okay. Um, um, yeah, you just watched the Tom Skerritt one. Can you make one. sure the cat's not trying to kill the birds? I'm sorry. There's just oh. a lot of screaming all of a sudden. I promise We're, my animals are probably fine. Just every now and then. Mostly talking to everyone who got their phone ready to call Peta on me out there. Everybody calm down. My pets are fine. Wait. And if they're not, she'll just cook them later. Out of chicken nuggets is what the cats probably call them. <laughs> I expected you to yell at me. <laughs> it's because it's a sad reality of having cats and birds in the same house and you just need to realize like to the cats they're not pets they're chicken nuggets and they would very much like to consume them so i think the door got left open cats probably stalking them the birds are screaming about it julian's gonna take care of it moving on so in this film they have sharon d divorced from her husband and she has a daughter yes. um they they once this film is done and they have her hooked up with Tom Skerritt, they kind of leave her character alone completely and they jump over to number three. They use Susan. The caveat okay. to that was in this film, Susan has a husband. His name is Brian. He yep. was he's, he's in, in the, the Air, Air Force. Force. OK, well, so by by the time number three comes out, he has he he died and. Oh yeah, yeah. They, 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 they talk about Jesus. how Disney's killing off parents. I'm glad to see that that through line just. I think they actually consistent it, as fuck. If you didn't see two, you you won't really notice. There's a very little focus. You only have one little blurb just to fill the hole. Yeah. And if you hadn't, if you hadn't seen two, it wouldn't matter. You're just going to accept the fact and move on. Well, and there is a pattern of like parents being separated or otherwise missed. So you, I mean, you would have to guess if she, in order to move the same pattern forward, right? Need to now be single. So, and the only option was to make him terrible. But he's in, a military person. And we're talking a certain timeline, so you couldn't do that. So kill him off. Keep the one thing that happened with number three is that it became so popular that they were debating on making it into a TV series. Well, Hence, that's okay. Hence that's the parents okay. trap for Hawaiian honeymoon. No, that's okay. That's unnecessary. Mm. You haven't seen I'm, those yet. You don't know. 
I, you're so right, and I understand that, but I just, I'm, man, they're going to have to bounce back hard, because holy shit. Mm -hmm. This one, once again, it's, it's not the strongest, I feel, of, of them. It, like, I like the Lindsay Lohan more than number two. That's all I wanted to do after this was watch Lindsay. In fact, I like watched the Lindsay Lohan one, and then I watched Chicago, because that's the kind of movie I needed after this. So the film takes place 25 years after the original. As I said, Sharon is divorced and living in Tampa, Florida with her daughter, Nikki. And they are about to move to New York City for her job. And Mm -hmm. Nikki is really, really upset with it. Um, Yeah, she's also a tiny narcissist in bloom. Probably from the divorce. Um, Sharon is going to be sending her to an all-girls school in the in the fall, but in order to do it, Nikki has to get her grades up. So she ends up in summer school. Yep. And this is where she meets uh, this another young girl named Mary Grant. Mary's father, Bill, has been widowed for four years, and to stop Nikki from moving to New York City, they talk amongst themselves to come up with a plan to get that her to stay in Florida and to get their parents. So they can be together. sisters. Yeah. Right. And her mom was such a horrible, obnoxious, job oriented, sad woman. And how exciting. Mary's dad lets her do whatever they want. So how great to deal with right. their stick in the mud mom situation. Dude, it was so they rag on this woman so hard. They really do, actually. So she calls up her her mother wants nothing to do with it won't even meet him and they're so dead that set is the only part where i was almost like oh but why didn't you like at least go try to go on a date with him like that would have at something and now i get that it was to prove that she was like dating's out 100 percent. right you could have humored the kid and solved the avoided this whole thing you also could have been like, he's a weird playboy who impulsively dates lots of women. So, like, hard pass. Now, here's where the problems actually start. Because apparently Sharon has actually told her daughter all the stories that what she did when she was a kid, switching places with her aunt. Terrible I idea. find that, I don't find that necessarily a bad thing to share that information. But you wouldn't share that information until the daughter is much closer to adulthood than... You know. Well, or I at least like maybe when they're a teenager and they get into real trouble for the first time, and you're like, "Hey, look, we did this really bad thing too, and we got in a lot right. of trouble, and sometimes people mess up, but it's okay." But you don't like tell your can... eight year old, "Look at this funny thing we did as a kid, hardy har har." I could have understood it more if, you know, like at family gatherings, they used to joke about it or something, you know, which it's which probably can... a meet cute story because they were divorced yeah. and got back together. So it's probably been shared, but still like, yeah, because it would have been their grandparents. So it's 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 still it feels problematic. It doesn't run smooth. Clearly, no one was like, but don't ever do that because it's a terrible idea. Right. Like there's safety issues. Don't do that. Or if they did, you can tell that Nikki definitely have, uh, ignored that. No, because she's a psychopath. At no it's part did her brain <laughs> did her brain say, "Hey, don't." No, she didn't think like, "Hey, these are whole people with their own decisions and lives and reasons for stuff." No, these kids were fully like, you know who knows best. Us and we want to be sisters, and I don't want to go to an all girls school because I'm getting ready to be into boys, which is a bonkers reason to crash course. And like, the mom never goes back to her career. I mean, at least New York City, I could understand. New York City in the 80s was much more scarier than it is now. I did think the murdering nun story was pretty I funny. thought it was hilarious. I did like the murdering that nun was story hilarious. too. And I like well, that they kept it as a through line, that that was her, like, big thing she was afraid of. It doesn't help that I have an aunt who's a nun, and it just really made that funny for me. Because my aunt's a terrible person. Doing <laughs> yeah, okay. Now, that's... Anyway. <laughs> so, she... 
she calls up Aunt That's Susan. That's a life of discipline, by the way, ups to your aunt and, for her <laughs> marriage to Jesus or God. or Oh, face it. Even God is. himself doesn't meet with her approval. That I do nothing <laughs> of you people. <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've opened this box. Moving on. Yes. So, so Nikki calls Aunt Sharon. And at Who first, has no spine for some reason. At first, she. Again, I I can see it as a as kind of a a a, a double edged sword the way she did it. She calls her and she says that her mother's in trouble, spawning her to be super concerned. But then Dude, this child is full blown manic when she calls. Right. That's true, and it is her niece, and she's like, "Wow!" And instead of just reacting to it, she decided that she was going to go out and see for herself. But this which is where tracks. the that's which fine. tracks like that's fine. You know, she couldn't just call her sister because of what the girls wanted to do, but she could at least view the situation and see. Yeah. But then she has a weakness for her her niece, and her niece convinces her to go and play her mother in hopes to get the, the them together. Now, why she's super concerned about her sister's love life, although she does try having a conversation with her at one point in this film about it. She does kind of try to explain it to her, but, like, also very much does the of the times, like, I don't really have to explain this to you. It's just, it is what it is. Right. And I don't know if it's because of the, like, they were trying to use the twinsy thing, because, you know, twins often, you know, have a weird bond that the the rest of the world doesn't, you know? So it's... And that's why I was like, I understand why she's like, you know, my husband's gone, my kid's gone, I'm gonna go visit. That's fine. Yep, sure. Part where I got really confused was the, like, I understand your niece being in crisis, but the somehow being talked into, like, first of all, her niece says, like, don't you think mom being married would fix her, like, stick-in-the-mud attitude or something akin to that, where it's like, why but she didn't so just mean? jump on board with that either. No, she and did. then she the girl switches gears though and is like right. she's just so sad and alone and all she does is work and worry and then sister's kind of like, "Well, that's sad. I don't want that." Like Bye. they the, like they manipulate the, the, these two girls oh, are terrible. Manipulators. I mean, when, when they call both parents for the animal in the tree and then they have the fireman because clearly the parents overreacted. Well, and they fully like I they said it was Mary a cat was, in the tree. They no, Mary was in the tree. You intentionally were yelling and screaming so the parent couldn't really understand. Right. And the parents reacted as such because all they understood was a tree. So and there was something in trouble, and they needed little to fix manipulators. It. <laughs> I mean, the manipulation. These girls is... should not be siblings. They're gonna you know what they do. They turn into Bell McKelly and Roxy Hart. That's probably true. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Aunt Aunt Susan is there? No. All right. Aunt, 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 Aunt Susan's the one that flies out. Yes. Okay. Yay! I got the name right, and then doubted myself so... immediately. She agrees to go on these dates, and this is where I thought it was. It went too far, is that she agrees to go on these dates to get her sister interested, etc. The problem is, is that she kept feeling like she and she should have. She felt guilty because she felt like she was cheating on her husband. Well, because she was, and this thing, this line happens where she was like, "The problem was I was having a good time," and I was like, "I don't like." Right. Underlying like, tones like, here. She was like, I, this isn't right. Like, she knew I it wasn't right. I do appreciate that she was like, this wasn't right. But then, again, I also, we're not, we kind of skipped over it, but I can't get past the part where, like, the girls manipulate the situation where they have the dad show up at the house under the impression that the mom's right. a neurotic crazy woman and needs to quiz him. And they and tell the her... They, She's expecting a date. She's expecting 
a date and after being like no dates I'm really not ready to put myself out there she gets all ready and is clearly a little bit insecure ends up making a total ass of the situation no fault of hers dude fully has another woman in his car yep. and his solution is to invite her along with him because I think he He's realized that the kids well I think he felt guilty because the at least he was a good person like, Ooh, and maybe was, like, terrified and didn't want to be, like, I don't know. It was all bad. I was very uncomfortable. I was, like, because she does say no, and he doesn't really take the no. And I was, like, nah, I don't. I hate this. I hate this so much. I thought she was going to get in the car for a minute. And I was, like, I don't want to watch an awkward three-date where two women fight over this man. I was terrified. That whole scene was terrifying to my millennial ass. I hated it so much. Where it really had to leave her the choice is like where you could tell that it was going through her head. It clearly wasn't the situation she thought, and she clearly oh. didn't want to be a third wheel, but she didn't want to be rude either. But then she was like, she opted to be not rude. In fact, she, I would love to know what she said to her daughter after that. <sighs> because you see her come back in and you see her yell her name, and then it switches scenes. It's like, no, I want to see. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think then you could hit your children. And... You could. Oh, easily. It was like, kill her, kill the child. <laughs> There's not a lot of situations where I was immediately like, oh, you need to institutionalize that child. <laughs> that child's not okay. <laughs> But this is also from the same what? time frame that gave us Problem Child. And like, Assuming you've true. seen Problem Child. I haven't, but I do know that you couldn't institutionalize your children during this day because that's where like wilderness camps and those problems but the, came from. But what I mean by that is that this this is the start of the 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 evil child movies. Like there was there's there's a few of them out oh, there. Oh, like the Omen and stuff. Well, like, like oh, I was going to say, the, the more, the... yeah, it was earlier, but I'm talking about more like, you know, your line of like problem child movies, you know, the, 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 the really bad kid that, or, you know, kindergarten cop and all the kids in that movie. Okay. So I think my, um, version of the, I don't even know that I could name one off the top of my head, but I can kind of the like, okay. The only example I could think of is like. Do you remember when they came out with the movie for uh, Max, who goes to see the monsters, where the wild things are? Oh, that was yeah, in, in the 2000s, it yeah. It was relatively recently, but they took it. I'm just saying this is, like, the only thing I could pull. But they made Max very bad. Like, he was not a nice kid. He was kind of a shit. Oh. Um. Oh, okay. I guess yeah. All right. So this was the beginning of that being kind of becoming a thing. But that's these girls, though. Oh no. Therapy. <laughs> Therapy. Something. <laughs> Something needs to be addressed. I think it would have been lobotomies then. So I do find the situation that she gets herself into when the um, since the mother and the aunt haven't switched these places in years. They're not really all that good at it. And when and when Sharon finds out about Susan switching places on her a few times, she decides to She makes take, a great move here. I'm she very really proud does. of her when she does this. She's like, Oh, I'm gonna I'm about to fuck shit up and I'm like, yeah, She's like, I'm book. gonna gonna fight fire with fire and she calls Susan's husband. Good twin. And she doesn't even like show up with him at the door or something. She derives mm. something much better. Like, Reddit would have lost their mind over this shit if it happened in real life. This is gold. And it was gold one star. of the funny, like, it's one of the funniest scenes of the movie. Because really she finds out where, and where where Tom Skerritt is taking Sharon to dinner. And she decides that she's going to do her own manipulation. And, um, it's and she's funny gonna, because she challenges her sister. She's like, she gives her, she puts her in a situation where she has to make like several choices. She does. And um, yeah, you can tell that Sharon is definitely the strongest of the two. <laughs> she's the side one. She takes a lot of shit until like the moment comes and then she's like, oh, okay. Well, and um, the other thing too that you have to realize is that the whole time this is going on, Tom Skerritt, um, you know, um, Bill Grant, Grant, uh, you know, his character, he is 
he doesn't realize he's being manipulated by two different women, but he does think that there's a little bit of a... And that conversation he has with his housekeeper, he was like, and he's trying to talk to her about games women play, and he was like, the the crazier she becomes, the more I like her, and it's just so funny. Oh my god, I was like, the building on the toxic, wow, because he's like... Women like to play games. And she's the housekeeper, so cute. She's like, I was great at games. I played backgammon and I played. She was Jax. So she said Jax. Jax. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, he's like, No, like mind games, like making men crazy on purpose and like pretending mixed signals. And I was like, Oh, this is great. He has a great impression of what women oh. are. This is good. I did like her answer, though, where she was like, I don't know anything about that. I was always very forward. Like, I like her. I support her. She told the girls the same thing. She was like, I just asked boys out. I don't know what this he said, she said nonsense is. You just ask me. They always ran away. (laughs) But at least she was forward enough to say. But she lived her best life, and she owned her shit, and I love her. I do also enjoy the supermarket scene. Where her and her sister are in the supermarket and there and you get that classic are they going to run into each other oh like, yeah that's fun that's i did stop and watch for a minute very close to like oh shit is this the moment and it's not you keep going the and then of course you have the the housekeeper just like in the original who who runs into one and she's like hi mrs ferris how are you and then she sees her again she, she's very confused uh, she's the one that solves it. She she figures yeah, she out that they're it. twins, and once again, the girls try to manipulate her. <laughs> they gaslight the fuck out of her. They really, too? She's like, I'm not losing my mind. There's two of them, obviously, because that would be the logic. And they're like, no, you're crazy. You're definitely a crazy lady. Nope, not two of them. And I was like, these are... That was the moment where I was like, these girls are full-blown psychopaths and should not be near each other. This is bad. She, she did... She did feel very seem very relieved when she found out there was twins. <laughs> I would be. It was like watching gaslight all over again. I was like, oh my god. This poor woman. These nightmare children. They're going I'm telling you, escalation's gonna happen. They're gonna start lighting shit on fire. Animals are gonna disappear. So when when Sharon or when Susan agrees to go out with Bill one more time for the state. Sharon has gone to pick up Susan's husband from the airport. And a wig-ass wig. Wiggity-wig-wig. Yeah, she dresses with, with like, this black wig. She gets a table that is in viewing distance, like, very close, somewhat in very close proximity. Very intentionally in eye shot. So that when... So, so that when Susan goes in with Bill, she sees her husband sitting with another woman, Sharon. And, and she the- has to sit there and be on a date with this dude and save face while watching what she thinks is her husband fully cheat on her. And it all blows up in her face badly. And you know what? Ups to this woman for her acting, though. She did really good just watching her sit there and kind of emotionally fall apart was... Very entertaining. It, it was super entertaining. <laughs> it was really fun. And I have no doubt that like a piece of Mrs. Doubtfire and that scene came from this because it w- it reminded me heavily of that yeah. moment. Super fair. Um, and it was entertaining. Like That was the scene where I was like, ha, that was fun. And honestly, like very shoot, you'll get to it, but very soon after this, if they had ended the movie, I would have been happy. I would have been right. like, okay. Sure. All right, fine. At this point, they've sorted out now who's who. They all go to a diner. They have this. They yeah, they, they, they they have more of a what you feel a realistic evening where they just talk about their former exploits and how shitty their daughters are and everything that's happened. <laughs> and then how they now need to send them both to private schools because there's clearly a mental health issue. And at this point is where you Bill Bill does pull. Sharon aside because at some point and he doesn't know which one it is that he started to have feelings for but he really wants to get to know her and she once again turns him down flat because she's moving to New York would like to be fair she's like you know this was sweet and it was a fair shot but like I'm gonna move on with my life and you like dating and I don't think we're really the same people have anything in common and you know what as far as their character arcs go I think that's true 
that's probably true. Um, um, and the movie honestly here could have ended when Aunt Susan was like, I think you girls are taking it well. I know you're real bummed. I know you wanted to be friends. But like the Parent Trap 1, they have mm. to get their parents together. They have to. So the girls try another manipulative trick. And they get them onto a boat. And the, this little boat for a farewell party, they tell this them an just, hour early. This made me so mad. And they unmoored the boat and let it go drift off into the middle of nowhere. While, Not super dangerous at all, first and foremost. Right. Like, <laughs> it's fine. No one to no one knows how to steer this ship. We're just assuming no. that we're going to call the Coast Guard and it'll be okay. Like, right. Mm-hmm. So by putting them alone on their boat together, then you know it's amazing what cocktails and a little alcohol will do. All they do is they get them into a one moment where she has a moment of weakness and they kiss. And then they're like, well, maybe we should take a chance. And they're drinking and they're isolated and they're hanging out and she's leaving. Like, if you think about it, it is, it is a very whimsical moment. And dude's a sure. dater. So for him, this wouldn't be abnormal. It's a very nice no. night. He was very polite. He's a very charming man. Fine. But there was really no, like, we didn't get any relationship building through any of this. They don't know each other super I've well. Had- What's sad is the best relationship building that they had was when he was with Susan. Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't even with her. So, he does, but but in his defense, he is not aware of who he was with when, where. Well, so to him, there's a little more of a relationship though than there probably and is to her. To and, her but you know, she drank a bunch of wine with a charming dude. I mean, you know she had an interest in possibly going out on a date with him because of the instance where she thought he was actually asking her out and her daughter had lied. So you know that like there was some attraction there. They had also written this very sweet romantic note that he was like, I clearly didn't write this. And she was like, oh, which made me sad for her because it was a very sweet note. And I would have liked to get that from dudes don't straight. Cisgender dudes don't write like that, ladies. They just don't, really. Oh, 12 year old girls do. Proof. 12 year old girls do, though. <laughs> Fucking Romeo and Juliet bullshit. So, in the, in the end, you see them, wherever this kiss has taken them, and however long has passed, you see them get married. And that's the way the movie ends. In yeah, they go out Disney to see, style. And she's even like, like, as a precursor to how their relationship's going to go, she's like, is the boat moving? And he's like, no, of course not. Because why Why would a woman know anything anyway? The boat was moving. They were fully drifting out to sea. Oh, it's so although, cute and funny. They kissed wedding bells. And I was like, what the... What? Although, in fairness, if somebody had said, if there's the boat moving to me, I probably would have said the same answer. No, they're, you're ridiculous. It's not. I would have taken Maybe it's zero he time. didn't want that to be true. Like, zero time. The boat is moving. What is wrong with you? I, w- I would this take that out. I would take that stance. <laughs> okay, fine. I would. I would say some shit like, "Is the boat moving?" But that's because I'm paranoid all the time that shit's going wrong. So I would be the one that would be like, "You're crazy." No, <laughs> would be Just like, "Eat, eat, a, have eat more cupcakes." You're fine. <laughs> I You're do- fine. It's <laughs> fine. Ah. This would be an actual conversation. That's terrifying. This would happen. This could happen. It could happen to you too, folks. Yeah, I mean, all in all, like, I'd rate this movie a solid, like, two and a half or three. It was, it exists. It wasn't terrible. I mean, it wasn't, it was of its time, and to me, it was... So, one thing about the movie is that it is still a, a cohesive, solid story. So... The rewatch I don't value think it's is a low. logical story, but I guess it's a cohesive story. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. All right, fine. I I think the re the rewatch value is low because mm-hmm. I this is the one I've watched the least. Um, I you know, agree it's with that. there's no it's much Tom Skerritt just before he did Top Gun, so you know it's. <laughs> here's the thing there's good acting in it like that sure. isn't a problem i bought all the characters that wasn't the problem the world building was fine and there is a couple of genuine really cute moments yeah like, they're, they're, I, like i found the little girl very charming she was funny so for me on a scale of one to ten i usually rate it around a six to a six and a half because really good for me there's no nostalgia involved no. so it's very so, low 
So for me, really good is eight and above. <laughs> in my in, in Richard world, sure, okay. So so six and a half, I don't feel as like it. it it's below. It's below where I expect. It's it's below expectations. But it I does carry. Rating scale's a little different, but it, 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 they um, it, it does have a nostalgic factor for people that love the first, and you know, twenty five years later, they have an interest in what Haley Mills is doing. So it, you know, it, it you do have that group. <laughs> it was kind that. of. <laughs> oh my, um, my fiance, he he it wasn't... comes back to life every time. It's fine. Where Hocus Pocus two did so much damage to the original. This one doesn't damage the original. It it allows you to keep them pretty much separate. Yeah, I didn't, again, I didn't take that as personally as you guys did. I just didn't find it. Like, I thought they were going to go another direction with it and found it to be kind of a, like, that's a bummer, but all right. Well, I took it super personally. Oh, man, you took it so personally. And you are right. Like I have nostalgic eyes on this anyway because of just just for the rarity. Although out of all the ones that were rare, three and four I had full access to. Three and four are the ones that are really difficult to find now. Really? Number two got released authentically, with packaged together with the Parent Trap in one DVD set. Okay. But at least this one has come out. What it did was it'd be like, oh my god, it's going to give green light maybe to number three. That hasn't happened. And number three, I really, really like, but number three reminds me a lot of Rags to Riches. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, well, number Rags three. Rags to Riches, I find adorable, even though I do I think some of it aged weird, but. Well, the feeling that you're going to get from Parent Trap 3 is very different than Parent Trap 2. So you're probably. God, I hope so. It, it changes gears a lot. <clears throat> so. Um. You have little yeah. psycho children gaslighting adults. They don't have any little kids in it at all. Bonkers movie. I did. You know what I I've did lost enjoy? Your volume, I know. Or you've lost your volume. Did I lose my volume? Am I quiet? I can turn things up. Anything? I can hear you. <coughs> you can't hear me. You can see the chair. No, it's my headset. Whatever I've done to the headset, because when I unplugged it, I could hear you. Oh, I could hear I you. Okay. Oh, there we go. I must have a. I must have a. Sorry, folks. I apologize. I must have had a lot of difficulties. I think there's a crimp in my because when I was untagged, it suddenly came back in. Yeah, I was so confused because you kept asking questions and the sound was fine on my end. So I was like, I don't understand. So what did I miss? <laughs> um, I was. I think what I was saying was that oh, the thing I did enjoy about this that wasn't very intentional was um, I did enjoy making the jokes about the like the poor behavior and the little girls being psychopaths because I did find that to be very accurate and a lot of fun. Um, you were talking about having nostalgic eyes because of the rarity of this one, the next two being very difficult to find because they weren't getting released on hard copy and still have not. Yes. Yeah. Which three begs to the question, are they on Disney Plus? How are we watching these no, bitches? They're not. All right. Well, then I guess unless Keller, I don't think Keller listens to the full podcast, so she's going to get us a press next Sunday. But also, I have to watch the third one. That's right, guys. We're going right on through. I also discovered that on when it comes to Disney+, Plus, that the entire line of Disney Channel premiere films hasn't been on there. I wonder why. So, the DCOMs, which is, you know, Disney Channel original movies, DCOM, mm-hmm. DCOM. Ones those, to, those are all on there. All of yep. them. But the Disney Channel premiere films, which is the ones I actually grew up with, mm-hmm. are are very, very missing. I can tell you why. Um, well, I know that some of them weren't actually Disney-made films. Oh, that's probably a bigger reason than what that I was they, That they... Um, th- that they bought the rights to air them for the first time. 
and they became Disney Channel Premier Films, but they don't have distribution rights. That I know. Oh. And that's not the case on all of them. So if you go back to the first one with Tiger Town, Tiger Town, and even Tiger Town Gone of the Days, uh, Black Arrow, Lots of Luck, and the Undergrads. Oh no, the first, the first ten, eleven, twelve, first eleven of them are all Disney made, and those okay. were from eighty three to eighty six. In 87, when they did Anne of Avonlea, the continuing story of Anne of Green Gables, that was got from Kevin Sullivan Productions. Um, and then the next one, the Ollie Hop Noodles Haven of Bliss, wasn't um, one that they had the rights to release. Um, Danny, the champion of the world. It starts to happen more and more frequently. Um, and it's, it's too bad because by Disney. a lot of these are really good movies. Um, some actually like I I know that I'm coming from nostalgic eyes, but they feel like they had better production value than the decoms. More money was put into them, and they look like probably true films. by comparison. Yeah. Honestly, um, because I mean, decoms did at a certain point they were kind of like hemorrhaging them, right? Like the little kidnappers wasn't a Disney film. But it was there. Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme wasn't a Disney owned film. Like <laughs> Lantern Hill wasn't a Disney film. Like there, there, there's a lot of them. Hmm. And I don't know if that's one of the reasons. I, that I'm would make sure. more sense, honestly, than my guess is just the only. And honestly, you could probably find them somewhere else. It just you have to find the platform that has those rights right now. So some of them I do, and some of them yeah. have come out to DVD that are not. Disney DVDs, but as soon as I found them, I snacks. I I grabbed them. Oh yeah, because <laughs> you know Night John, I found at a big lots, and I'm like, that's Night John. I was like, I don't understand. And I think that's the first time I realized what Disney had done. Like, like they had bought rights to other people's movies to air. Oh, and that's when you first started realizing that that's what they were doing. Okay, but they didn't have distribution rights, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, huh, huh. And it, it's funny because Night John is the last of the Disney Channel premiere films just before it switched to DCOMs. <laughs> huh. Nah, see, I haven't heard of any of those. I haven't even, I don't, maybe I would notice. Sometimes I haven't heard of things, but then I recognize cover art. Um, well, the Not, not Quite sure Human why. movies are Disney Channel premiere films, too. I don't know if you ever saw Not Quite Human or Not Quite Human so. 2 or Still Not Quite Human. Nope. They have Alan Thicke from Growing Pains. Um, Robin Lively, who's Blake okay. Lively's uh, older sister. She's in them. Uh, Jay Underwood. I know a lot about these films. Uh, Joseph Bologna's in the first one as the villain. Right on. Because right. I'm bad with actors' names and also did not see these, I believe you. Yes. But but he's he's Nick from Rags to Riches. Okay. But he doesn't. God, I don't so. want it to be true, but I still just hear him singing every time. <laughs> him. I'm like, why does that? Why is that the thing that gets to rent space in my brain? That is very fair. <laughs> so for so for me, the Parent Trap Two is a segue that gets you to Parent Trap Three. Parent Trap Three and Four are the two that I really love. Um. This bounce back better be phenomenal. And I know it won't by my standard. It's unless it's like weirdly lines up, it's probably not going to be like my favorite movie in the whole world. But man, it's got to be better than this one because this one well, is acting was fine. It was just very strange to watch. It was a weird movie. Well, once again, the parent trap three is teenagers, not not young kids like older like 17 year olds okay. <laughs> um they're striplets to deal with and um, they're siblings and they're siblings yes. okay see that makes me feel better um yeah they, they all three are siblings Good God. susan is a as a house decorator she's doing the design for the house yeah and Barry Boswick got gets engaged to this woman, Patricia Richardson, while the girls are off doing their summer adventures. Because one of them goes to Paris, one of them, like, they've all gone to do different things, so they all come home at the same time. And he's had this whirlwind romance 
with this woman. And the other he, scenario where, like, over and, the summer he starts yeah, a relationship. And he is now engaged, and the girls have to come home to find that out, and they don't like her. I mean, I don't like her. I'm sure she's written to not be liked, but we'll see how well she um, plays a not-liked person, because sometimes villains are fun. And, of course, she has hired Susan to be their decorator, and the girls like Susan, and they see oh, that there's... Oh, no. They see that there's chemistry between their father and Susan. Yeah. And instead of even... It's, instead of even talking to them, the girls take it upon themselves. Sure. So... <laughs> of course they do. Yes. It's a much, much... But at least, like, I'm hoping we build chemistry first so that we can really display that. We'll see. Now, did you ever see... Did you Were you a Saved by the Bell kid? I watched very, like, maybe one or two episodes on accident. It was uh, just a little before me. It was more, like Boy Meets World. I got more Boy Meets World than Saved by the Bell. Well, the girls that play the triplets were on Saved by the Bell. That's why Okay. I will relook at the cast and maybe watch an episode to re-anchor. I myself. also sent you an article last week or two weeks ago where it was about uh, uh, an article about the cast of the Parent Trap Three, and you thought that it would be interesting to see at the time. And it's up in, I think I put it in your, oh okay, in, in your links, the same place where I put the links to Parent Trap Two. Okay. So I th- I think that pretty much sums up the movie. Like I said, it's not it's it's a it's a go to to get you to three, and it's a way of making everybody realize that there's a two. Because for some reason, most people do not realize this. It's okay. No one. I guess if you need it to get to three, I don't know. We'll see. I'll report back and let you and let everybody know. And the young girl that played Mary Grand in this film oh. also, she died at 21 years of age in 1997. Oh. And, um, you know, that's always one of those things that usually comes up, especially when talking about this film. So I feel it's a disservice not to mention that. There, Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Does it say what happened? Um, uh, right off the bat. Uh, He died of an opioid overdose. Oh, my people, girl, I'm sorry, and respect to you, and that's that's a shame, because I really enjoyed that. And, um, like, I will say, I have seen her in other stuff that that I did, like, better than this particular role, but, yes. She was more utilized? Yeah, she was. (laughs) But, I was um, like, that was a crime. That shit was funny. I mean, she's even an episode yeah. of the Golden Girls. Is she? And Aww. she was in the Disney series called Gunshy. Okay. Don't know that one. But I, I am familiar with the Golden Girls, as everyone is and should be. And if you are not, go get right with your life. Uh, Gunshy is a series that was based off the Apple Dumpling Gang. Oh, okay. I am kind of familiar. Like, haven't watched, but I know what the Apple Dumpling Gang is. Pretty funny um, movie. Is it okay? I mean, it's, well, it's, like, it's I'm aware a, of it exists. It's it's one of the Disney comedies. Like it, okay. it it was it was the formulated comedy after Walt died. It's you have um. Oh, it's the cookie not, cutter formula. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. All right. But you have good actors in it. So you have Don Knotts and Tim Conway as the probably still had a little bit of that same integrity and feeling that you're used to and and seem to you, enjoy. You had Bill Bixby, and um, you know, it's about a guy that ends up in a poker hand winning three children that he doesn't realize he's winning. <laughs> he tells him that he needs him to get the parcels off the stagecoach for him, and that the parcels are his, and he goes to the stagecoach, and the, the, the valuable parcels are children. And he now all of a sudden is in a position where he has children. He has to take care of them in the 1800s West. Just okay. The year. She's breaking folks. Makes it explainable. Oh my God. (laughs) At least the kids were not put into an orphanage or run. I don't know that that's. And it leads to some hilarious situations. It's everybody so here who would see it. Pissed if I won kids at a poker game, dude. Oh, he wasn't delighted. Mad at me. 
guys. Oh. Well, it gets muddied because the kids go, you know, end off going off to amuse themselves during the day. And they end up in a mine, and they accidentally stumble on a huge, huge piece of gold. And then everybody who's ever been in these children's <laughs> lives is suddenly tries to smack and tries to manipulate them. And it's up to this guy to prevent that and <laughs> to do the right thing. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I would hope he would. Um, I broke cat again. I just, I, fucking old movies are nuts. And it's just like this movie, it's weird. I didn't intend for it to be, it was enjoyable to me in a weird way, but not the way they intended. And it was just because it was fucking, parts of it were fucking nuts. And that sounds like some fucking crazy ass shit. That's bonkers. And I'm, I'm, my brain fully had a nuclear meltdown. I there. want someday to have a time machine and to take Bat Cat back to the early '80s, <laughs> just to see her reaction. Oh God, what would break me more? I'm sure is like the '60s or '70s. Like I'm sure that '60s I would probably have a lot of trouble with. I feel like it's like I'm starting to learn that like though I have my things with cancel culture, I do think I would have more forgiveness around vaudeville if we could keep some of the present day laws and move them back there a little bit, not be dicks to certain community. But like, I do find it to be a lot of fun. The seventies and sixties are scary though. There's less serial killers then. And there seems to be really okay to throttle women and women hit men a lot. I don't know. <laughs> See, the interesting thing for me is that being born in 79, I've hit the age, the early 80s, where nothing, everything had stayed the same as it always had been, mm. for, the, for the most part. Like, like the way people interacted, the way people interacted with their kids, their spouses, like, there's all kinds of shit that still goes on that nobody blinks an eye about, because it's not your business, it's always been done this way, blah, 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 blah. And I witnessed all of that, and even grew, like, had a lot of my base formed ideals formed in that time frame. Sure. And then as you grow up, you see, start, as I grew up, you start to see the change and this whole ripple effect of how everything views, like it, it kind of peaks around 89 or 90 as, as probably the worst. And then you start to see it slope the other way. And then by the year 2000, it's completely gone. What I would call haywire because it's like, what kind of a world are we living in? Because it literally took everything you knew, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, this is bad, this is bad. It's like, well, you have, what, eight or nine centuries of really bad, and suddenly you change it, there's a drastic change for anybody who grew up in that time frame. So, and where we've come since then is now almost a complete reverse of where we were, and it's super confusing. Well, you are in the in the space of like that major well, arc. Yeah, I, I like oh, I sure. witnessed that arc, all of it, and there is there's times when it's very frustrating, even even for me to be like, what are they thinking? I mean, I swear to God, somebody somebody told me that they needed that they needed a day off from work because they needed a recharge day, and they're like, oh well, you know. It's okay. No, no. I know no, you it, weren't raised like this. I fully no. have taken days off work for a mental health day about yep. once a month. Fuck that place. That company will be fine without me. Here's the difference, though. Work for a small business with a person you actually care about who cares about you. Right. Yeah. I work for a if, corporation that don't give a fuck about me. You're, you're, you're. <laughs> so, when, there are situations, but, I guess, but, is what I'm saying. So, like, if from being from a corporate <laughs> world and the way. It was when I was in the corporate sure. world was oh, yeah. you decided you're taking time. a mental health day. You don't come back. You nice. You we were find somebody well, you had well. to lie about it or you had to say you were sick right. or you had to, and right. then you had to not go outside your house lest your boss or coworker see you in the world. Correct. So this person literally said they needed a mental health day. And then and your immediate reaction was to call him a pussy and slap him. Probably. No, my immediate reaction was like, do they not want their job? 
And then the, the next thing I know is like, oh yeah, well no, he wanted to go down to the game store and play. What? <laughs> okay. To be fair, when I need a mental charge day, that literally means like that doesn't mean I need like to go visit with friends or go shopping. That means I'm going to hide in a hidey hole and like I'm dealing with depression and a migraine. And, and you're not worth it. And so I'm going to hide in my bath with my hot pads. And please don't talk to me. I'm going to use one of my vacation days and you, y'all can fuck off. Right. And, and this person didn't have vacation days. It's a little different. This, the, the, and I'm like, what? What? No. It was like, do you want your job? You have been at your job for two months. Do you want your job? <gasps> that's ballsy. See, that's ballsy. No, that's dumb. Try to be a year in before you start, like, openly taking mental health days and shit. And I'm you like, got to be a good employee for a year. I was like, what what, 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 what kind of a world do we live in? What are you talking about? Oh, man, the kids It was like, you are like replaceable. Do you not want your job or your paycheck? It's, that's the other weird phenomenon happening right now is there is this shift happening in the employment world where employees are almost not replaceable because right. it is so hard to snag another good one. That's going to be long-term and training is expensive. And so employees like myself are finding myself in situations where I am a commodity without necessarily having to be the five-star employee in my, I can just do my job. I'm still a commodity there. Because no one else wants to do my right. job. Right, you have to fuck up really bad to be Pretty not that commodity. Yeah, yeah. So there, I do see a lot of that happening too. But I do worry, like I see a lot of the young kids abusing it a lot. We've gone off on a tangent because it's Easter and it was a short episode. Congratulations, everybody! Welcome to the what we think of we the world it. today. Just podcast. like Jesus. We, oh my God! Happy Zombie Resurrection Day, everyone! Yay! That's my favorite meme I've so I've seen so far is that Jesus is Christianity is a religion where you guys worship zombies. Get over it. My favorite one is this little cartoon of Jesus talking to his father, and he's like, "Do you have any requests when you go to Earth?" And he's like, "I want to be hung like this." And he stretches his arms out way really wide. Bum bum bum. No. <laughs> People that wear sandals get what they deserve. I saw... Oh, my God. I saw a hilarious... I should have sent it to you. It was a nun, and she was watching a little animal video. It was a beaver carrying two carrots. And so I got to watch a nun say, I've never seen a beaver with two carrots before. (laughs) That was fun. Thanks, everybody. No, it was... Yeah, rating... I would rate it low. I understand why you rate it higher. We need to get our rating system figured out, which we will. We um, do. But just um, know that my rating is low on this film, even if it is higher than Cats. Yes, and that's because we view our rating system differently, which is why we need to get it in order. But I'm still going to ask you to, like, oh. definitely, I still can't tell you what Keller's new project is, but I am going to tell you to go buy her books anyway, because um, you should, and they're available everywhere. And I'm going to go see Hunter's Fine Jewelry, and I've even saved up a little tiny bit of money. So I'm going to go maybe buy me a parkly thing next week. We'll see if Killer, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, catches. She won't. She won't listen this far. She'll just post it. Maybe. Oh, by the way, I did see the Mario movie, and it's yeah? wonderful. Really? I, I know that the ratings on it from – the audience ratings are very high. And the critics' okay. ratings are, are very low. But, I mean, not very low. They're middle. They're middle ground. There's weak points in the story. Or that there's parts that are not... There's parts that they assume you know, and they don't cover it oh, in the story. Oh, they're assuming everyone's like a Super Mario nerd. And because I am, I can fill in those holes in my mind pretty well. Well, and so, a lot of your and most of my generation probably will be able to, but that's here's the thing: like most of the generation behind me is coming into their late teens and early twenties now. So, and they yeah. seem to tribute all the games in their own way. Like all the history of Mario was wow. covered. Like the, the that's brothers, kind of impressive. To be when they're in the when they're in New York City and and they're in the real world and they've created their. Because they always came from New York City. Yeah. Uh, 
they create a commercial for their plumbing business, and the commercial is literally the theme song for the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. And it's super fun to hear hear that. That um, would be fun. All right. Well, and so it's really good. A really bad movie is John Wick Four, which everybody seems to love. Well, yeah, because Keanu Reeves is a treasure, and no one he can never do wrong. So, lots of problems him. with this one. One, and it was done deliberately. He barely talks words in this movie. Like he literally John has, Wick. He don't need to talk words. He just stands there and looks cool. And. Number two, you have the fighting scenes that have completely taken over and become very unrealistic. There is literally a scene where he has to climb up 200 and some odd steps in a half hour, which is doable. Then he has a bunch of guys attack him on the stairs. He eventually rolls all the way back down, finds out he has two minutes to get to the top. Oh, we've had this conversation. There's a bunch of people attack him again, falls back down the stairs, and... No way. Like, even in film time, there's probably a good 15 to 20 minutes of film that's supposed to take place in two. It's The, the unrealisticness is so bad in this it's movie. problem with this guy. Like, there's so much bad. Like, go in, look through it with reality eyes, and realize that you're just no, watching the explosion. No, just go in and to give watch them up. Keanu Reeves be awesome and appreciate You be him, I'll be her. Hey. <laughs> Oh, got it in there. I have to go. I have, we have to go. Please rate our podcast. It helps the algorithm, and I appreciate it. If you would share it with someone, thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> yeah. I'll send that DVD back to you. <laughs>